CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag Lean IT. Today's topic is feeding innovation through Lean IT, a case study. And the focus for today's case study is on how the ideas found within lean manufacturing could be applied to an IT context as a way of making IT more efficient, focusing on continuous improvement and uh, investing in innovation within business. And this is also to explore those ideas. Uh, We've invited a group uh, that's leading the way in lean IT, and I have had firsthand experience with it and manufacturing as a company philosophy uh, which they actually follow, and the company's name is Steelcase. And our guests for today's show are, as first is Bob Krestakos, who's the Vice President and CIO of America's Operations with Steelcase. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Great. And just FYI, listeners, uh, Bob actually wrote a blog post for our CIO Talk Radio blog that introduces some of the ideas we'll be discussing here today. And we also have Chuck Walker, who's the Director of IT Simulation Engineering with Steelcase. Good morning, Chuck. How are you? Good morning. Very good. Very good. Great to have you. And finally, we have Bob Hendrickson, who's the plant manager of Kenwood West Plant with Steelcase. Good morning, Bob. How are things? Good morning. Great. Great. So, uh, you know, like all three of you working from the Steelcase, and and this is, of course, is supposed to be a case study. Bob Krestakos, this is the first question I'll ask. Uh, How did this all get started? I mean, suppose we take Steelcase uh, 2003 versus 2013 or 14. Let's go back 2003. What was happening and how was Steelcase uh, doing in in whatever it was doing for it to give you an idea that we got to go this route? Okay. Well, back in that time frame, 2003 and 4, we did have some, I would say, lean in the office, lean IT activities going on in our organization under Chuck. But, But it was pretty much... Uh, contained to Chuck's organization, and Chuck's responsible for the product data area at that time, so the product data information about Steelcase. Very complex, and and, uh, Lean IT fit really well there. But as we progressed along, more of our strategy evolved to how do we make manufacturing and operations more competitive. So in my role as the CIO, I began to take on more responsibilities in operations and to work really closely with Bob uh, Hendrickson and the other plant manager colleagues to develop manufacturing strategies that incorporate technology more and more. You know, as I did that, I really saw how effective the plants were at using lean concepts. Their use of stand-up meetings and accountability boards and eight-step problem solving and just a number of really key capabilities that I said, I want to bring that more and more into IT. And, you know, using Bob Hendrickson as my coach on, on what's lean all about and how do I translate it, and Chuck with his vast experience to put it into a, more of an office setting, we started to collaborate together more and more over the last year about how to bring that into IT. So, Bob, a uh, question for you. When you saw uh, Bob Krestakos coming to you and the closed-door conversation is happening, what was the intent? Was it to make Steelcase a better manufacturing organization or uh, let's see what you've done phenomenally well in the manufacturing space could be leveraged to make IT a phenomenal sub-organization or a combination of the two? I'd say it was a combination of the two. You know, Bob's an incredibly curious leader. And uh, he wanted to start with the principles. So, um, you know, several discussions on, you know, what are the core principles, um, and then looking back at how those have been applied already in IT, as he said, mostly in our uh, product data area, Chuck's area. Um, but then getting grounded in the principles, starting to open the uh, open the window of possibilities. 
Chuck, when you look at uh, these things happening, or, or you were, of course, invited to uh, making this happen, do you think Lean IT has been given more of a lip service across multiple organizations where they say, oh, yeah, let's, let's make uh, IT leaner, let's save cost, and, and, and use the word lean liberally, or do you think people really get it? You mean generally out there in the world or at Steelcase? I will start from generally out there in the world, and then we'll focus on Steelcase. When the journey started for you? I think a lot of people know that Lean can really improve their processes, but they don't know where to start. And uh, that's really where we leveraged uh, Bob Hendrickson and his team. They, you know, they had been down this road. Steelcase has been implementing Lean in our plants for well over a decade, and they'd been there, done that. A lot of the principles that are applied out in the plants are easily applied uh, to the, the office, okay? So uh, one of your questions was uh, that um, is there any difference between what goes on in the office and, and what goes on in the plant? There really isn't much with respect to lean. The only difference is that uh, office processes are, are somewhat underground. You really can't see the flow of work through the processes like you can see the flow of product through a plant. So, uh, Bob Christakos, question for you. Do you think measuring and fixing the invisible is truly possible? Which is what Chuck just mentioned, that in the office there are so many things that are happening and they're fluid, and you're trying to figure out what on earth is going on and how do I fix it and how do I measure what I fix actually created value or not? Well, I think that what I learned, you know, the insight to me was the plants, manufacturing facilities, they have this challenge too. They have to pick certain key measures that they focus on to, that are going to get them the most value um, for how they manage them. And, and it's the same way in the various parts of IT. So in infrastructure systems and networks and phones and, and servers and storage, there are key metrics that you have to focus on and make sure that they're tracking and trending the way that they need to. The same thing occurs in a plant, they could easily overwhelm themselves with data, but they don't. They they understand how to pick the key things. And that's what we, you know, use Bob and the other plant managers to do. Well, what are the key things that you manage? And they do it in an extremely structured way. And for us, that additional structure helped make a difference. Would you say that uh, going the continuous improvement route and making anything lean is almost like predicting whether that we really try hard, if it works great, if it doesn't, no harm done as such? To some extent, you know, the, the really important concept was less about measuring and more about trending. You know, are trends heading in the right direction or the wrong direction? And, you know, in a lean um, concept, there's only those are the only two possibilities. It's not oh, we're okay, we're staying the same. No, it's either getting better or it's getting worse. We really center on that discipline, and that's an important part of the lean concept and the lean principles that we employ. So, Bob Henriksen, what, uh, if you were to give an advice to the listeners, as well as, of course, the way you went about advising and uh, collaborating with Bob Christakos and uh, Chuck in terms of going about this journey, where do people actually start? Where should they start? in order for them to really have a right foundation. What's that playbook? Hmm. Well, we, when we talk about um, lean, we start with the question, who is the customer and what do they value? And then we back into it and say, you know, how do we flow, how do we create flow to increase uh, value? And then, and then uh, obviously, as Bob was saying, you measure quality, cost, and speed, and you set those challenging targets, uh, strategic targets, make sure you're not measuring too many things, but you're measuring the right things. Uh, but it all starts with, you know, who's the customer and what do they value most, and then how do we measure those things? I can, I can talk a little bit about what, uh, what uh, my team did in the beginning. It was about a decade ago when we joined forces with Bob and wanted to uh, take basically a, a department, um, a group of departments, about a dozen departments, and pull them together and gain some efficiency uh, by utilizing lean uh, discipline. And the first thing we did was develop a vision and shared that vision with the leaders and the organization. The next thing we did was set uh, what I call big, hairy, audacious goals, BHAGs, 
And we threw things out there like uh, we wanted to improve productivity by 25%. We wanted to reduce cycle time by 50%. We wanted to cut rework in half. We wanted to improve our quality by 30%. Bob kept assuring our team that this can be done. You can do this fairly quickly. And if you're really, uh, you know, or if you're focused on it, you can probably accomplish these things within the first year. Uh, the next thing we did was get educated on lean. We read books like Lean Thinking from Womack. Um, you know, we read a lot of information. We we did a lot of walkthroughs in the plant. Uh, they invited us to a lot of their stand-up meetings. We got to learn what visual controls were all about, and a lot of the lean tools like eight-step uh, problem-solving, that kind of thing. The next thing we did was position uh, change agents in our organization to help us, uh, you know, basically tackle this. We knew that we wanted to find the 20% of the people in the org that really wanted to change and make the org better, okay? So then, then after that, we got the lean tools in place and then started value stream mapping and kaizening, looking for the biggest problem areas and, and going after those problems. So Bob Christakos, when this is, I, I'm assuming this is Chuck who shared the playbook, right? Yep. This is how you yep. went about. Yes, good. So Bob Christakos, uh, the question here is, what were the problems that were seen up front for you to put one more item on your already spilling plate? That is, I want to make this lean. What were the things that you perhaps looked at and said, I need to fix. And Chuck did mention right now that we want to improve productivity by 20%. We saw an opportunity that you had a place or your your productivity was not up to the level and it was very obvious. We were shifting to becoming more of a globally integrated IT organization. We were doing some consolidations of data centers and help desks and some things that were just fundamentally going to change some processes. So we had to focus on continuous improvement. At the same time, like a lot of other CIOs and a lot of other IT organizations, we wanted to create some headroom in our budget so that we could work on some innovation activities. So being really disciplined about driving costs down through continuous improvement, that's what gave us the headroom. We formed a small team that we call the Innovation Management Office. Their job is to be out in front um, looking at business opportunities and business challenges. In Bob Hendrickson's plant in Countwood, we've done a series of prototypes and investigations into new technologies which, which we could use to make that plant and all of our manufacturing facilities better. So it was a very kind of a symbiotic thing where Bob Hendrickson's plant benefited from all of the lean education he gave us we turned around and we did a lot of advanced prototypes and advanced technology work and put it right back in the plant to see if it would make a difference. And that's that's the problem, that's the challenge that we were going after, creating headroom to do innovation. Where did you find the money? Did you have play money or you had a business case which got you more money? We kept our budget flat and we even decreased it. I mean, we gave some money back to the bottom line. Uh, in the form of, you know, several million dollars cut off of the run rate. But we also maintained enough headroom to increase a few positions to be able to do some of this innovation management work and work with some technology. So things like low-cost robotics with Baxter, um, RFID work, collaborations with, with key universities like MIT and the Media Lab, all of those things were done within a flat budget. Chuck, when you look at the specific fundamentals of lean uh, manufacturing and then you try to map them to uh, making the IT lean, do you see some common denominators or you had to extrapolate or make some assumptions or have some blue sky thinking? Uh, like, like I said prior, um, really a lot of common, uh, the, the same discipline applies. Um, just that it's at work, you know, the, you, you can't see the work. So you have to really get into value stream mapping to understand what the flow of work is through a given department or organization or process. Um, so, we, uh, we spent a lot of time really just learning the tools that uh, were being used in the plant and then bringing those tools into the office place, okay? So we're now utilizing things like visual control boards. Uh, we have all of our, you know, our goals and our metrics and our, our trends um, as well as our accountability boards, uh, you know, in our dashboard areas in each each director, IT director's area, and we we follow those, uh, you know, uh, verbatim now. So 
that's how we drive this discipline, this lean discipline, into the organization. So could I add one thing to that? That This is Bob Christakis. One of the concepts that we really loved in the factories and in the, in the manufacturing facilities is they do this thing called a gumbo walk. So, you know, in lean terminology, that that roughly translates to go and see. So I would walk with Bob Hendrickson and other plant managers, and we would walk through the factory, and we would see what's going on, and we would look for those kinds of opportunities for improvement. So so Chuck and I talked, and, you know, we created this, we invented this new term called the IT Gemba, which is on a quarterly basis I go to all of the places where the work is done. I go into the organizations and walk through and look at their accountability boards, visual control boards, um, and kind of have them talk me through their metrics to see, you know, how are we doing? What are some areas? What do you need? What are the resources or what are the key challenges or obstacles that I can help with? So in a very similar way, the plant gumbo walking through a factory and the IT gumbo are trying to do the same thing. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And when we come back, Bob, had written some question for you is that lean by design, whether it's in manufacturing or in IT right now that we are trying to adopt, has is not a new idea, and people have tried it, but many people have failed. So if you look at your journey, what were the challenges that you foresaw and were able to forewarn IT that when they go about taking on this journey, these are the things that they should be careful of, and these are the gotchas or pitfalls? Let's explore those more. When we come back, please stay tuned, listeners. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HPE is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, Bob Hendrickson, the question here is what challenges that somebody can already see? Maybe situations are different, but what are the common challenges or pitfalls or gotchas or stumbling blocks that you know uh, we would face in case you're going about this lean journey, whether it's in manufacturing or in IT? Sure, sure. Yeah, one of them, you know, since we got on our journey a little earlier than IT, uh, one of the things that we fell into, a trap that I see a lot of companies fall into, is we got a little, I'll call it tool crazy, <clears throat> meaning that we were, you know, we would uh, find a tool that worked somewhere, a process improvement tool, and we would uh, sort of shotgun deploy that tool any anywhere and everywhere, uh, whether it needed it or not. And so my main coaching as, as we started to learn that we were doing that on the manufacturing side and tried to sort of get back to basics. And when I say basics, I mean the principles of flow and pull, process discipline, and creating that culture of continuous improvement. Those are the three that we really focused on. Uh, that was a big uh, lesson to share with the IT folks is to, you know, deploy the tools for solving the right problems don't deploy tools just for the tool's sake. So, Chuck, in this case, when you when when Bob Henderson said that there was a tool craziness, how did you uh, fall into that trap, and or how did you come out of it? Well, we we didn't go too crazy on the amount of tools because they had forewarned us on that. So we we tried to stick to the tools that they found and 
that worked well and, and worked for us. Where we one of the problems we fell into uh, an area that really, we really struggled with was measuring too many things. Um, we we ended up with a uh, we probably ended up with uh, well over 50 metrics at one point and realized you know this is nuts you can't you can't uh, you know really manage a large organization based on 50 metrics so we really narrowed that down. The other thing we learned Bob just hit on it was culture. Um, you are changing a culture. You're changing the way of thinking in an organization, and it takes a while for. Um, everybody to you know have the light bulb go on so to speak with respect to lean and understanding it some people get it right away some people it uh, takes a little bit longer so uh, changing that culture takes a while you got to be patient you got to offer lots of encouragement so Bob Christakos when it comes to the the culture like that brings up question that how in the first place what was your pitch to your team that you got to keep doing what you're doing to keep the lights on and deliver value through it but here is a new initiative and uh what's the motivation i'm providing you this xyz motivation to dig deeper within what you do and come back with ideas what is it that you had to do in order for them to be at the at the best that they can be we we would have our leadership meetings on a regular basis and we talked about you know our vision as an IT organization how do we want to be thought of across the business do we want to be like a supplier to the business do we want to be a partner to, be, to the business or do we really want to be part of the business and we all unanimously said no we want to be part of the business we want to be integrated into it we want to be seen as you know solution providers not just order takers. And so appealing to them in that way really got them excited about changing the culture. So it, it means that an IT organization can't just work on projects that you're given and keeping things running. You have to innovate and you have to and you have to focus on continuous improvement in much more disciplined ways in order to have the time to innovate, squeezing out waste and cost and all of those things that Lean knows how to do. That's what we have to do too. So, remember, my journey was: I go to the plants, go to the factories, and help them with a technology strategy. And I and we did work on some things, but I came back to my IT leaders, and it probably sounded like I was speaking a different language to them all of a sudden. And I said, "Well, look, let's let's go to the plants together. Let's have people like Bob Hendrickson and." his plant manager colleagues show us around their facilities and, and how they do things and how they manage. And and Bob was good enough to invite people in and help us understand. And a lot of the IT leaders said, okay, I get it. I can do this. We can translate this to our world. And some interesting things really popped out. You know, I expected networks and and servers and storage areas to be a natural fit with Lean. But some of the business platforms like CRM for example, they're getting just a ton out of this lean approach because some insights are popping out because of the way that they're measuring how the platform is used and how the business is using it. And they've become much better business partners because of that. So, Chuck, if you, since you were part of that organization, I'm assuming when this journey started, or at least Bob was talking to the team, when Bob said, Bob Krastakos said that, you know, this is what we will do and we have to innovate and we have to get better, would you have looked at sitting from the, at the receiving end for some picture of what we are going to accomplish or the very fact that we are going in the right direction or are in, in, in an exciting direction was good enough for you and your troops to start uh, coming on the same page and really, um, you know, be ready for this action? Well, for the product data organization, to be honest with you, it was either, uh, you know, change or or uh, die. I mean, the organization is, it just was not performing very effectively. So um, I literally uh, had made commitments to the marketing organizations, the engineering organizations, et cetera, that we were going to make a change and they would see a big difference within the first year or else. And once I made that commitment, it's like, okay, Bob Hendrickson company, I need help. You got to help me here. And that's really where they, uh, they helped us get you know, the, the, the processes and the, the right tools in place to really make a difference. The other thing with this respect to what Bob is after inside of IT, he wants consistency in process. He wants consistency in visual control boards and metrics. He wants to see, you know, the, the goals linked from top to bottom in the organization. 
He also wants IT working on the processes of IT so we can get better and provide more value to our customers. So, uh, Bob Christakos, coming back to you, what is the partnership that was a prerequisite between business and IT for this thing to take off properly and also to bear fruits? IT leaders, IT staff members have to be so immersed in the business that they understand it. They don't wait until the other business leaders come and say, here's exactly what I need. You know, Bob Hendrickson needs IT people so connected to what his plan is and what the challenges are that they get it, they understand, and that's what we're trying to accomplish, not just across manufacturing, but in all parts of the business, in finance and sales and marketing. That's sort of the compass that we need to have for an IT organization. You have to be so immersed in the business that you can speak to the issues. You don't have to be told what the challenges are. You know them. Bob Hendrickson, when you spoke to the IT folks, who, uh, of course, you either trained or mentored or shared your knowledge with, what did you see as their ability, capability, intent in order to go about this journey? And where did you find challenges which you had to raise a flag about and then also work with Bob Christakos and Chuck Walker to fix those things so that these people are ready? Because I think all three of you are at the top of your game, but that's not necessarily true for all people in IT that you may be dealing with. Sure. Yeah, the uh, the adoption uh, varied by area. And, again, most of it was coming through Bob and Chuck because as Chuck's area kind of got out ahead of other areas within IT, Chuck was asked to mentor and help to set up those consistent structures within other areas of IT. So I wasn't as close to, you know, how much pushback or how much, um, you know, how good the traction was getting in all the areas. But, again, as, as Chuck had been and his group had been at it for a number of years by that time, um, he was well-versed at sort of how to overcome those hurdles. But this is where Bob, this is this Chuck, this is where Bob Hendrickson really helped us. Uh, he, his team came in and audited um, our team and uh, basically visited many departments and uh, um, really then described back to us where we were at on uh, you know the implementation of Lean, how well we were doing. And uh, he would harp on us all the time about uh, pursuing the Shingo model, which is, you know, initially you get the tools in place, but then you've got to systematize it. And eventually you move towards it's, it's part of your, your, the fabric of your culture. And uh, he would basically describe to us where we're at on that journey and uh, provide advice all along the way that was extremely helpful. So, Chuck, to that, what specific challenges or gaps that were found in maybe the team that you led or in your counterparts team within IT, which you felt, or what was the kind of pushback that you got from those teams? Uh, tremendous pushback. I, uh, I can remember the, the first meeting with my leaders when we first pulled our team together. They, uh, when I told them uh, some ideas that uh, a couple of us had about goals, they were like deer in the headlights, I got to tell you. And uh, and but we had support from Bob and his staff that this can be done. Um, at the time, the, the organization was experiencing rework that was hovering around 50%. Believe it or not, okay, it took longer to produce product data for products that were going to be launched than it did to put the tooling together out in the plants to actually build the product. Okay, so we had to greatly reduce that. And our, our team was only one part of a giant value stream, so we actually we had to work with people up and down the value stream to improve the entire value stream. So we saw that kind of efficiency gain we were looking for. So it was, a, it was quite a challenge, but in the end, we did it. A rework, for example, went from 50% down to 3%. So, Bob Christakos, was this only the, the leader in you who was able to evangelize this and get them through, or there were some hard conversations that you had to have in order for you to make the required changes, and that's what brought the results that you were tasked to bring? I think it started with me evangelizing this. I didn't get such strong resistance that uh, was really a you know a challenge. It was more, help me understand what you're talking about, what you want, what you mean, and getting them through that phase um, made it better. 
we as an IT organization, and like all IT organizations, we measure things and we continuously improve. And and you know some of the some of the feedback was, well, what's wrong with the way that we're doing things? And my my counter challenge back to them was, go visit a plant and tell me if that's not an excellent way to manage the continuous improvement process. And many of them did, and many of them said, I get it. And so I think you have to let people come through that understanding phase at their speed, and they will, and bring them along. But it, but it certainly did help giving them access to our facilities so that they could see it firsthand. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And Bob Hendrickson and followed by Chuck Walker. First, let's see what specific things that we could start with or we did start at uh, Steelcase in order to start the journey and then what specific areas that we had to fix first in order for us to build upon, uh, build a good foundation so that your complete project could be done. So let's go to specific, dig deeper. We'll come back from the break and do it. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Bob Hendrickson, if you were to look at the first set of things that you would expect uh, technology department to do working with you, what were those that you would have outlined and how did you see that getting morphed when it was actually executed, if at all there was a gap or a deviation? No, I think the, um, you know, the starting point, again, is understanding the customer needs and what the customer values and then figuring out how to track and measure those in effective ways that the customer actually feels. And then um, one key thing that IT uh, started on early on was figuring out how to value stream math in, in a virtual environment. You know, in the plants, we have to map both the material flow, which we can see and is much easier, as well as the information flow, which is much more difficult, um, in in the IT world, it's all the information flow. So building the skill in learning how to map that, um, when these guys would put their initial value stream maps on the wall, it, it was literally the first time it had ever been seen. And, and the opportunity just jumped right out at them. So... so- um, all right. So, Chuck, when you look at your, uh, like, when you got this direction or this idea or suggestions or advice from Bob Hendrickson about this is how you would want to do it, when you started executing, how did it go? What were the specific areas where you felt that that is not relevant to how IT runs versus what manufacturing runs? Well, um, again, it was uh, the value stream mapping was extremely important because we had to dig out of the, you know, out of the staff where where was the work and what was the flow of work. Um, Bob talked about our first adventures value stream mapping. We created something we called the wall of shame, and it was uh, imagine an extremely large conference room that was completely surrounded by this this value stream map, and uh, we we quickly realized there was a huge number of handoffs. Uh, in the value stream, so we literally took big hands, colored hands, green hands, cut them out of paper, and put them all over the wall. We ended up with 65 different handoffs in this value stream, 
and uh, the people that were directly involved with that, which were a lot of our change agents, they were they were all supportive. They were ready to go. And you know, like, when can we start changing this? But the people that we needed in the organization to help us with this weren't there yet. So we spent a lot of time getting the people to understand this is how bad this process is that you're working in. Are you happy with this? And everybody said no, of course. And eventually we got them on board and got. Uh, uh, got some pilot projects started on parts of that process, and we started fixing it. And once things started getting started getting fixed, um, more and more people got excited about it. Um, I kind of break down an organization into three parts. There are there are a third of the organization that are that are change agents and want to do this kind of stuff. There's a third that'll sit on the fence and watch. And then there's a third that really don't want to change much. Okay, so. We were looking to get those change agents and those fence sitters on board, and we figured that momentum would get the rest of them going, and it did. It took us a while, but it did. So, Bob Christakos, did you have a dashboard which would allow you and your business counterparts or executive management to see what on earth these people are doing by painting these green-colored hands in the conference room, and what results is it bringing for you to continue get the sponsorship from executive management? And you were also able to give these people the right type of immunity and or the flexibility to go about doing this particular project besides what they're already doing. I do have a dashboard. It's, it works at the highest level, but I haven't found that I need to monitor all of the metrics so closely I just need to know that they are monitored, that people like Chuck and his peers, each director in each part of the system, has to have their handle on what are the metrics, what are the key breakthroughs that we're looking for this year? Are we tracking and trending in a positive or a negative direction? I need to know that they know that, but I do have one that helps me see what's really urgent in the business today and, you know, are we are we kind of managing towards where we need to be. So Chuck, is there any benchmark that you started out with or eventually developed as part of you going through this journey so that say this is X is the level I need to reach in this specific area and that became the benchmark uh, that everybody strived towards? Absolutely. You have to develop a baseline, okay? That's the only way you know if you're improving, you're pushing the needle in the right direction. Um, and that, that, that can be a challenge at times. Um, um, matter of fact, we're doing that right now in parts of uh, parts of IT. We're establishing uh, benchmarks, and then we're going to establish uh, sound goals that are breakthrough. Um, you know, at least 25, 30 percent improvement in those areas, and we're going to go after it. Uh, one of the things that Bob, you know, has really pushed for, and he's asked me to help out with, and we're now really very close to implementation at the director level inside of uh, IT is getting this consistency of process and and lean tool utilization inside the organization. So um, we, we visit um, each director's stand-up, uh, myself and a, a, a lean sensei, visit each director's stand-up and go through a checklist with them to make sure that they've done everything we're looking for, and that's how we try to get this consistency. And that checklist uh, has these kind of things on it. Did they go through a, a standard agenda? Uh, did they talk about their vision and their strategy for achieving the vision? Um, did they uh, discuss their breakthrough goals and their key goals, and are they linked through their organization and up to Bob's goals? Um, are metrics being tracked and being kept up to date, and are, they, are their trends showing improvements? If the trends aren't showing improvements, what are the reasons? What are the action steps? What are they going after to fix that? Um, do they have an accountability board? Are they talking about what are the action steps they've got to take? Um, are they showing evidence that they're, they're – making process improvement and architecture improvement, you know, using uh, tools like Kaizen and value stream mapping, you know, and have they reviewed their key projects? And, and as part of that also, we go out and we review one value stream. We literally walk a value stream in one of the areas. So, Chuck, you mentioned about the baseline, right? And you mentioned about sometime uh, in, during this conversation about 25 to 30% improvement in this area versus this area. How did you come up with this magic number? Uh, actually, Bob Hendrickson helped me a lot there. Um, there's been a lot of experience out there in the world about uh, what you expect for quality improvement, for example. It's, uh, it, it, it's fairly standard that uh, in your first year of lean, you could see a 50% improvement in quality. 
I know for somebody that's not familiar with lean, that seems like an unbelievable improvement. But to be honest with you, if you really stick your mind to it, you can you can uh, blow through that barrier and then some. And we did do that. So, Bob Hendrickson, do you think the the number that was suggested by you, which was uh, picked up as a, a baseline, do you think that was based on your experience with manufacturing and there is a belief and uh, other results out there in, in the history which would say that you take that lean manufacturing baseline and try to apply to a technology in IT, and it is very viable for someone to work with that type of a goal. Oh, absolutely. You know, when Chuck was talking about the 60 handoff points, um, if, you, if you don't lay it out, walk through it, map it, and get it in front of you, you just – you don't know it's there and the waste is all hidden. Um, what these guys did by, by going through the, that process is uncover it. And like Chuck was saying, the, the goal was completely achievable and then some. Uh, although, you know, it feels daunting to those when it's proposed initially. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious what's there to be had. So, Bob Christakos, if you did not have Bob Hendrickson, and as, as someone in manufacturing, you kind of live lean to some extent, and you were uh, uh, basically embracing it all along, and you just kind of took it and repurposed it for your department. Is this truly relevant for any organization in your view, or is it just because you had this type of value stream where there were some physical widgets changing hands and getting produced? It's certainly the case that easy access to our manufacturing facilities and, and lean experts helped the light go on for me. But there's an awful lot of lean knowledge out there. I mean, you can you can go to the web and you can get lots of videos about this. Um, many many of the lean factories uh, will give tours, and you can. So if you're not in a lean manufacturing environment, I think you can still get some access. To these things, it's a little harder than it was for us because it's right here as a part of our company. But I would still suggest that I would still look deep into what Lean does in a manufacturing context and see how and where you can apply that to IT. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and let's look at the kind of results Steelcase was able to experience. Uh, as part of uh, all the effort that was put in, and what were the results that came above expectations and where there was something less uh, than what the expected results was, and, and uh, what was the reason for the same? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, Bob Henderson, uh, the results that we're talking about, uh, the way we wanted the results to come out, were they, from your viewpoint, the way you saw were up to mark, and I'm going to come back to Chuck for understanding what he thought his results were. Like standing outside from the manufacturing, did you see IT meeting what they were attempting to do? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, some of them they were surpassing. 
All right. Chuck, now can you give us specifics, some areas in which you could say you can give a pat on your own back for all the good things that you did and your team did uh, and, and the results that you got? Well, it takes a, it takes a large team to, to pull this off. But, uh, for example, in the product data area, rework went from uh, 50% to less than 3%. And that, when I say rework, it wasn't just in our area. It was through our entire de- uh, product development and launch uh, value stream. Uh, product data um, over uh, about a half a decade saved over $5 million. Cycle time went from nine months to about three weeks. Um, the productivity uh, really, really soared. Uh, was up over uh, 200% within about four years. Um, it was pretty amazing, some of the, the, the transformation that occurred. So, uh, Bob Christakos, do you think this the, the achievement, and these are, by the way, great accomplishments, this is like a snapshot of you were able to bring that type of reduction in your cycle time, et cetera. Is that it? Do you think once done, this is where you are, and now from this point onwards, you will have that incremental improvement like an Olympic swimmer gets on his or her timing <laughs> when they meet the records? I do. I think that it changes the culture. So you have a culture of lean in a culture of continuous improvement that sticks. But technologies come and go. I mean, we'll put in new platforms, and as they go in initially, they may not be totally efficient, and in this culture of lean and continuous improvement helps them get better and better. So as the technology landscape continually changes, this culture has to stay and continue to refine it. So in terms of, uh, like, whatever we accomplished, yes, there were some changes. What did it do to help a company innovate? So coming back to you, Bob Hendrickson, is there any um, success story or an area or a culture of innovation and or a direct impact on the type of or level of innovation that you could accomplish within your plans as a result of IT and business collaborating to accomplish a lean IT uh, within their organization? Oh, absolutely. The um, the opportunity for the integration of of uh, using new technology and using data in different ways, you know, as we were talking earlier, um, part of our success in the manufacturing side is, you know, we track things and we collect data and we try to use that data uh, to make improvements. But the you know, there's huge opportunity with things like advanced analytics to better leverage the data that we're already collecting. Bob Christakos, now that you have delivered on this, and along with, of course, your team, can you take your two weeks vacation, or you, what's next? <laughs> we, you know, Chuck's area is an example of one that was very mature in, in their thinking about lean. Chuck helped other parts of IT, they're just starting their journey. You know, I mean, I think some insights are popping out that are making people notice, and, and I think we've got a long way to go. But but it is feeling like it's on a good track. I do feel like I can take a vacation. And, you know, I'm really I'm quite pleased that I think we've got the right balance in the organization where we work on projects like all IT organizations do, but we've got a better discipline now around continuous improvement, and that's giving us some breathing room to work on some innovation things, and that feels like a good balance. Chuck, since you were in the forefront of all of this, if you had to do this all over again, what would you do differently? Uh, I, I'll tell you, being in IT, one of, the, one of the inherent things that IT people want to do is they want to automate. And uh, you've probably heard about the proverbial monolithic machine that's out on the plant floor that you always got to work around with any of your processes, right? Um, people want to jump in, hey, I can automate that. Well, you, I'll tell you what ends up happening. You end up taking a bad process and automating it so you're running a bad process faster. And what, what we really learned is you really have to step back, understand the complete process, and don't jump to automation. Think process first. Do it manually first, just so you understand what's going on there. Then determine where automation can, can be applied. Um, and I know that's tough for IT people to do because that's their job, right? Their job is to automate things and make things run a whole lot quicker. But you have to have that discipline, otherwise you're going to get yourself in trouble. 
Bob uh, Christakos, since this was a poster child of an organization attempting to do something different, leveraging a different process which was used in different business function and adopting it, what type of leadership is required to pull this off for anyone who's going to try to attempt after they listen to this and learn about what you guys did? If you're on the IT side of that, you really need to you know, be kind of courageous to get into the business and immerse yourself in some areas that you may not be so comfortable with. But I think if you're on the other side, if you're in the business, whether it's in the plant or in sales and marketing, finance, they'll welcome those IT people in. The more that the IT people understand the challenges of that part of the business, the more that they can do to go back and help. So it, I, mean, I think it starts with somebody making the first move, and I advocated to my IT organization that that should be us. Let's do that. Let's let's jump into these areas. Let's get invited to the meetings. Let's you know ask to be part of the discussions up front at earlier and earlier stages so that we can help influence it. And that takes a little bit of getting used to. You know, that's a different mindset maybe for a lot of IT folks to think that way. But I think that we've gotten some some good results because of it. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, uh, Bob uh, Christakos, uh, Chuck Walker, and uh, Bob Hendrickson for taking the time to sharing with our listeners this wonderful journey of taking a manufacturing lean process and adopting it to lean IT and creating those unprecedented results uh, for your organization. Thank you so much again. Thanks for having us. And uh, listeners, hope uh, this was a fantastic journey that you enjoyed. Uh, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid.